Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Point Pentecostal Church. I'm glad you could join us. This message is from the second week of our prayer revival when our senior pastor led us in prayer uh, for three things. We prayed against fear, against complacency, and we prayed for unity. And our pastor taught about these things as we prayed together. And so I hope you can pray with us for these things as well and that you're blessed by this today in Jesus' name. Now, to reach back to Tuesday night for just a moment to, to kind of set the stage with where we're going this morning, um, we prayed for three things Tuesday night. You remember what those three things were? Understanding, revelation, and boldness. That's right. Very specific. We prayed uh, for God's Word. We want understanding of God's Word. It's so important. A lot of, you know, you know there, there's people out there that can quote the Bible, but they don't understand it. Right, and that's a very dangerous thing. And, you know, I, I think you could wake somebody up out of a, you know, a two-day drunken stupor and they'd quote to you, judge not. That's all they know, but they have no understanding of that scripture because it doesn't mean anything like what they're trying to say it means. Amen. And so understanding means I cannot selectively pick out what I like in the Bible like that particular phrase and then just throw the rest of that scripture away because the rest of the scripture gives you the understanding of that. Amen. Uh, I know I know people that can quote a lot of Bible but have no understanding. Amen. That's that's like being able to count to a thousand but not add two plus two. You need understanding of mathematics to get the basic. It's the same in the word of God and we prayed for understanding. And uh, I truly believe that as some of you went into your Bible reading this week, uh, I believe God gave you better understanding in your reading this week. How many felt that? I started understanding some things. I saw some things I didn't quite see before. Amen. Because we were praying for that this week, praying for understanding. And the second thing we prayed for was revelation. Amen. Because when that, that, revel that enlightenment, that revelation of God's word comes to pass, well, then it's more than just a head knowledge, amen. It's, it becomes a conviction. I've got a revelation of that, and of that I can't turn back from. And then we, uh, lastly, we prayed for boldness, which is, it sets us up for where we are. I want to be clear. We want boldness to be able to live God's word out loud. Boldness to live for God in a very weak and compromising world. Amen. Boldness to live for God with the same intensity to promote God's word as the world does to promote sin. And until the church is willing to, to match fire with fire, we'll be ineffective. Amen. It's, as long as we're willing to be just a little matchstick rather than uh, an inferno, we're not going to make much, much difference. We need to match boldness with boldness. That's what we left off on, on Tuesday night and the importance of understanding that the world is being bold. Sin is being bold. The kingdom of hell is being bold. The church needs to be bold. Amen. We need to match that boldness. Jesus said, for, for the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force amen 
somebody's punching you in the face, you don't ask them to stop. At least not the people I got hit by. Why, sir, would you please stop? Why, would you please stop? Why, would you? No. At some point, you got to put your hands up. Amen. You, you know, they, the, the, we as the church, especially in the last almost two years, have been pummeled by this world and the agenda of this world. The church at some point has got to say, all right, you want to get violent? We can get violent. Now, obviously, I am not talking about physical violence. Okay. I don't want anybody to walk out of here and say, Pastor said we need to take up arms and we need to go fight. I never, I never said that. Because the weapons of our warfare, Paul said, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, our weapons that we use are not man-made weapons. They are spiritual weapons given to us by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so that's what we use to go to war. And that's what we do today. We go to warfare today in prayer. Amen. But we have to match boldness with boldness. There is um, a shockingly bold anti-God agenda in the world today. And it's shocking. What's even more shocking is how many Christians are allying with it. And allying with it in the name of safety. And don't shout me down when I'm teaching good. Now, I told you Tuesday night, I'm not going to be political, but I'm going to be factual. Here's what we saw when I talk about matching boldness with boldness, and we're going to begin praying on this. There's three things I want us to pray for, two things we pray against, one thing we're going to pray for. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm trying to reveal to you the strategy of hell against the church. If you think all of this lockdowns and, and all of this, if you thought that was just about power tripping politicians, you missed it. It was targeted at Christians. And, and what's sad is Christians allied with all that stuff. I saw Christians online blasting churches for having worship together. It's good. Mass, that's mass murder. You're going to kill people. Thank God there were not many Christians like you in the early church when they were being burned at the stake. We can't worship. They're going to kill us. Well, that was, back then, that was the price of being saved. It's hard for us to reference that in our 2022 mind. But back then, that was the price of being saved. I, and, and I've had people say, that's, that's a stretch. It, it wasn't targeted at the church. Yes, it was. The sole target of it was the church. That's why in, in, in our state and in, in a few other states, the lockdowns were on everybody except, except casinos, liquor stores, marijuana dispensaries, and strip clubs. And in Southern California, and actually some of the bear, churches were desperate to gather in worship with threats of $90,000 fines. So churches 
submitted applications to be recognized as a strip club so they could worship. Now, tell me it's not an anti-God agenda. And then they found allies within the Christian community. They found allies within the Christian community. They found people that would stand up with them and say, it's too dangerous to worship. That, it's been that way. It's been too dangerous to worship ever since the Holy Ghost fell in Acts 2. Read Acts 4. Read the persecution of the church. Now, we, we have all of these. I'm not, I'm not, we, we talked about this for almost two years. I'm trying to make you aware. See, the Bible says, Paul writes to the church and says, Brethren, I'd have you not be ignorant concerning the devices of the devil. In other words, Paul said, I don't want you to be without knowledge of how Satan works. And the problem is, in the church today, there is a lot of ignorance toward how Satan works. Amen. Now, the word ignorant means without knowledge. That, that, that doesn't mean stupid. It doesn't mean dumb. It means without understanding. There is a lot of lack of understanding of how the enemy works. Amen. And so, did, did Satan, did these Satan-influenced politicians on both sides, y'all know me, I'm an equal opportunity critic. I, I'm, I'm not a party guy. I could care less about the parties. I care about Jesus. I'm in the Jesus party. If that's a party, that's the one I want to be in. But did it work? Did it, did it work? We say, well, pastor, it failed because, look, we're here worshiping today. So obviously it didn't work. No, no, it had a profound effect. It had a profound effect because there's still a lot of churches that aren't gathering. And there's still a lot of people that will base their worship on whether they feel safe or not. All right? All the enemy needed to do was plant a seed of doubt in your mind. And we, we, we could talk about the logistics, how it is infinitely more dangerous for you to drive to church than just be in here. But we don't focus on that because the... Uh, cheesy demonic televangelists of the 80s have now traded in their, their pulpits, Rolexes, and private jets for desks on CNN and Fox News. And they are evangelists of fear. That's all they do is got the death counters on there. How many are infected? How many are dying? There's this new, I woke up this morning to a new strain. They're calling it uh, Deltacron. They've merged. And now they got uh, Flurona that's merged. Okay. The enemies, and you know how many people will buy this hook, line, and sinker? I told last night, I, I, yesterday morning, I told our gatekeepers at our, our annual meeting, I said, I'm sorry. I have nothing left to buy their panic with. I am bankrupt of the ability to buy their fear and panic. Okay. I am telling you the first thing we are going to pray against is the spirit of fear that is death-gripping people across this world. Because when people are 
what will happen is we will get afraid, and so we are willing for the idea of safety to compromise biblical values that are uncompromisable. Amen. Is this okay this morning? This is prayer revival. I can talk to you. We're not live for the whole world to see. We're only in the members page. Amen. I can talk about it today. I'm, 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 not, I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I'm, not, I'm just not buying it. Say, Pastor, what if you get Delta? Well, I'm going fishing in the Delta. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Well, I guess I get it. What if you get Omicron or, or Flurona or, or Deltacron or whatever? I, you know, I don't know. What, what if a meteor falls out of the sky and hits me? I, I, I don't live. We can't live in the what ifs. We can't live in the what ifs. And what has happened is anytime a man or a woman of God has got up and said, we're not going to live in the fear of this thing, and then all of a sudden they get it. Well, then everybody goes, oh, look, see, they got. Okay. We cannot live in the spirit of fear. That is not the will of God. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says, uh, beginning at verse 6 says, For this reason I remind you, in the King James it says to stir up the gift. In the ESV it says, I remind you to fan, uh, remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God which is in you, the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God gave you a spirit, the Holy Spirit, but it's not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind or self-control or a saved mind. Amen. Why would he put self-control in there? Because you need to get control of your mind. These unreasonable fears are not of God. Amen. Now, I'm probably going to say some things, make people mad, and I promise you it is not my intention. But I'm going to, the spirit of fear is gripping this nation. It's gripping this nation. It's shaking this nation. You go by a park, and when you see five- and six-year-old kids on a swing set being forced to wear a mask, that's a spirit of fear. Now, not against masks, not against vaccine. You know that. I'm very, whatever is, is more safe. But we have put such a spirit of fear in them. We cannot do this in the church. We cannot live with the, this constant, well, if I do this or if I go there, if I do, if I, we have got to put it in the hands of God for God has given us a spirit but not of fear, but power, love, and self-control. We need to, as the church, bind together against a spirit. There's a pandemic, but it's not of a flu. It's a pandemic of fear. It's an absolute pandemic of fear. People are losing their minds over this. We are, remember it was two weeks to stop the spread? We're on the second year, folks. You think it's going to stop? 
Tell me which person in authority in, in, in any uh, um, government system wants to give up power. They're licking their lips at this. They look at this pandemic like I look at bacon. And that's with a whole lot of affection. Amen. <laughs> they look at this pandemic and, and realize that they can keep us, keep you living in fear. And now it's so divided our nation. It's divided the church. We can't. We got to pray against the spirit of fear. We've got to pray against the spirit of fear. That's what Paul said to Timothy. Don't, don't you be fearful. I talked about this a little bit on Tuesday night. Don't you be fearful. Don't you live in fear over this. You remember Bishop Wright, what Bishop Wright said. He said, I'm at peace with God. He said, I'm at peace with God. If it takes me, it must have been God's will. Because if it took me and it wasn't God's will, then he's not God. Amen. Matter of fact, I was uh, texting, talking with him uh, yesterday, the day before, about the prayer revival. And he was asking how it was going. I said, man, it, you know, Bishop, it's going great. Reverend. And uh, he kind of chuckled. And he goes, uh, are you still getting out of church at the same time? And I just, I just no, no, we've been getting a little earlier. He just laughed. He goes, uh, I, maybe, maybe y'all don't want me to come do a prayer revival. He said, mine's been going about three, three and a half hours of service. <laughs> Amen. So the spirit, the spirit of fear gets a hold of some. Matter of fact, I, I don't think we emphasize this enough. When Job lost everything he had and he lost his children, he, he actually said it out loud. He said that the thing I feared the most came upon me. So Job's greatest fear was losing his health and losing his family and losing his wealth and losing his property and losing his cattle and all of this. And he said, that thing I feared, I'm going to tell you something. Faith is equally as powerful. Fear is equally as powerful as faith. Because faith or, or fear is faith in reverse. Just as you can have faith and believe for it to come to pass, you can have fear and worry and stress and cause that thing to come to pass in the negative. Amen. That's why we cannot live in fear or in panic in a pandemic. Amen. I, 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 we have got to reach a hold in the spirit of faith and pray like we're going to here in just a moment. And we have got to pray against the spirit of fear. Amen. And before we bind the spirit of fear out of Washington, D.C. and Sacramento, we need to pray against the spirit of fear in us. We need to pray against the spirit of fear and that we will have peace. Amen. The Bible says, perfect peace have they that love his law. Amen. If you believe his word and you walk in his word, you, you need to walk in perfect peace. Amen. And so when we pray against the spirit of fear, I want it to start with me. I want to pray against the spirit of fear that, gets a, that can get a hold of me. The other night, two nights ago, I got a text from my sister-in-law. She said, pray right now for your brother. They're loading him up in an ambulance right now. We all have COVID. I, that hit me. I was afraid, like anyone would be. 
And I started praying. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, my dad, he's high risk. And, and all of this stuff, well, thankfully, my dad didn't get it. But my brother did, and they had to take him to the uh, hospital. But he was, he was dehydrated. That's what it was. He had just blacked out in the house. And so uh, they took him in and put four or five bags of saline in him, and, to, and he's doing fine. But that initial, that initial message of they don't know what's happening and what's going wrong and, and all of these things. So the spirit of fear is very real. We need to start it within us. I am going to pray against the spirit of fear. Just, just because I, I cough one time doesn't mean I'm going to die. Just because I have a day where I'm fatigued doesn't, need to, doesn't mean I need to be in ICU. We have a pandemic of fear getting into our minds, and we can't let that happen as children of God. we got to stand firm and say, God didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of love, power, and of self-control, and I am not going to let this thing take hold of me. I'm not going to let this thing break me down. I'm not going to let this thing cause me to, to live in a cave somewhere. No, that's not the will of God. The will of God is to stand firm and take control over it. And I'm praying that not just us, but all the churches across the world in America. And we need to pray for Canada. They're getting locked down all over again. Amen. With The, the, the churches in the Philippines that are uh, uh, being put in lockdown. And around. I'm praying we would bind together. If there was ever a time for the churches across the world to come together. It's right now to pray against the spirit of fear. Satan is uh, unleashing the hounds of hell that are barking out the spirit of fear across this nation, across our city, and let's be honest in each and every one of our lives. So before we pray against the spirit of fear in our city and, and in our nation, we need to pray for it in ourselves. I want you to stand with me right now because we're gonna pray together and we're going to pray against the spirit of fear. Amen. That spirit of fear that would want to come over you and want to oppress your mind and give you unreasonable. Say, Pastor, how do I know it's a spirit of fear? Unreasonable scenarios playing over in your mind. Thoughts of extreme dread, extreme situation. Amen. It, it, the spirit of fear is when you don't feel good and, and you think, well, I, and you picture yourself on a ventilator and your whole family. That's the spirit of fear. That's not the will of God. God. God doesn't give us that. What we need is the spirit of God to give us faith that even when they take the swab and say it's positive, we say, well, bless God. I'm either coming out of this or I'm graduating to glory. It doesn't matter to me. Amen. We've got to get a hold of the spirit of fear. Listen, we can't shout it down. We can't run the out. We can't get on the organ and get in the fast enough drum beat to make us dance it out. We have got to pray against the spirit of fear that is attacking the church. If we'll break the spirit of fear off the church and off ourselves, it will begin to break in our city. It'll begin to break in our state, our nation, and around the world. But it starts with me. Amen. So we're going to pray. And I want you to use the name of Jesus. It's the most powerful thing that you can use. Use the name of Jesus. Use the word of God. And I want you to pray. At some point, you may even have to lay hands on your own self. Amen. But pray. Pray against the spirit of fear. We are not going to let it go with us into 2022. You hear me? We're not taking it, Brother Ricardo, into this year. We're leaving fear for anybody else that wants to pick, but we are leaving it right here. We're not letting it 
We're not letting it be prevalent on us this year. I'm not going to fear the pan. I'm not going to fear the economy. I'm not going to fear inflation. I'm not going to fear wars and rumors of wars. I'm not going to fear the Antichrist or the spirit of Antichrist. I want to live in abundant faith and peace that Jesus Christ is in control of me because he's Lord of my life and he has subdued all things under his feet. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray with me right now. Pray in faith with me right now. Just pray against the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning knowing that the enemy of our soul has unleashed the hounds of hell with fear. Lord, knowing that throughout the last two years there has been an assault on on religious freedom and liberties in this nation and around the world. Lord, knowing that people, great people, wonderful people, great men and women of God uh, that are being paralyzed by the fear of this pandemic. Lord, we pray right now that we would have understanding of your word, revelation of your word and boldness to pray your word to come against the spirit of fear in the authority of the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind and over my life and over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone that I'm in contact with. I pray by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus that the spirit of fear would be broken, that the spirit of fear would be displaced out of our lives, out of our homes, out of our church. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Go ahead and pray that. Go ahead and pray that. Hallelujah. We bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ, subjecting every wicked imagination and every ungodly thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In the name of Jesus, every worthful thought, every dreaded thought, the dreams, the nightmares, the fears, the worries, the scenarios of death by this pandemic, we come against it in the name of Jesus. It is not your will, Lord, that we live in fear. It is not your will that we live in hiding. It's not your will that we live afraid of what the uh, what tomorrow may bring. We stand today in liberty. We stand today in boldness and in freedom because we have a revelation that there is no name that is higher than your name. And we call upon your name to break the back of the spirit of fear. Go ahead. Go ahead, GP. Lift that voice right now. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost as he gives you the utterance too. We're going to go to war today. You're stepping on to the battlefield right now. Oh, that's it. Go ahead. That's powerful. It's beautiful. Listen to these voices lifted praying in the Holy Ghost right now.
Hallelujah. Keep praying till you feel it breaking off of your mind. Keep praying until you feel it lifting off of your shoulders. In the name of Jesus, the Bible said because of the anointing, the yoke will be destroyed. Go ahead in Jesus' name. I feel it lifting in this place right now. It's like the more we pray, the more liberties in this place this morning. I believe God's using your prayers right now and it's going to your home. It's going to your relative's home. It's going throughout the city right now. It's, it's reaching across the nation to loved ones. Amen. The spirit of fear is going to be broken beginning right now. Go ahead and reach over and connect with somebody and pray with them for just a couple more moments. It's in this place right now. <laughs> There's freedom. and Use that faith that you're praying in right now. Use that boldness that you felt Tuesday night. Use that to pray with somebody right now against the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you need to pray over them. In the name of Jesus, we shall live and not die. In the name of Jesus, we're going to walk in freedom. We're going to walk in liberty and boldness. 2022 will not see me cowering in fear, but will see me stand firm in the faith of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We're going to leave here today in faith and echo the sentiments of the psalmist when he said some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but as for me, I will remember the name of the Lord. We're going to leave in faith today. Now just turn that into worship for a moment right now because there's freedom in this place. There's absolute freedom in this house. Hallelujah. Go ahead and thank him for that spirit of fear being broken. Amen. Those watching us at home right now, just go ahead and celebrate freedom in your home right now. 
in the name of Jesus. I'm praying the bondage of fear lift up off of your mind and your soul right now. That fog of fear, that shackle that has bound you with worry and stress into this year be broken in Jesus' name. We celebrate it that the enemy can't make a lock that Jesus doesn't possess the key to it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Oh, go ahead. There's healing happening right now because healing comes when fear disappears. How many is feeling a freedom in this place? You're feeling a liberty maybe you haven't felt in a long time. Amen. That's what happens when faith gets stronger than fear in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them we are free by the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. You, you can be seated for a moment. The second thing I want us to pray against. Everybody say against. And then we're going to conclude with what we're going to pray for. Amen, is, is something that as the Lord was giving it to me, I, I went back and forth in the order of this. And this, the scripture that the Lord laid on my heart is found in Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 31. And to give you a little backdrop to the story I'm going to read, um, <clears throat> Jesus had just got through going into the temple. He preached his first sermon. He preached his first sermon. went a lot different than my first sermon. Um, you know, people... You know, my first sermon was, uh, well, I preached on hell. Amen. Right out of Revelations 19 about how God destroys the devil and all liars shall have their place in the lake of fire with whoremongers and adulterers and just went on idolaters and I went all down the list at the ripe old age of 10. Amen. I preached on hell. That was my first sermon. And uh, it's kind of humorous, but... Uh, we had a backslider there that night, and they prayed through to the Holy. Matter of fact, they ran to the altars. My cousin Glenn, who uh, just passed away a, 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 maybe a year or so ago, and every time I saw him, he reminded me. He said I was he was backslid. He'd been out for years and become a drunk. And uh, he said, uh, "As at ten, you preached hell so hot it was melting the rubber on my shoes, and I had to run to the altar." Amen. He stayed in the church, thankful for that. But uh, Jesus' first sermon didn't go so well as, as far as the religious community because he stood up, he opened the scroll, and he began to read uh, from Isaiah when he said, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You remember that passing, uh, passing uh, scripture? He said, For he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor uh, and open blinded eyes and set liberty to them that are bruised. 
and, and then he, he put it down and said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Uh, rather than getting an altar call, Sister Anne Moret, uh, they, they threw him out of the city head first. A little different than the reception I got, amen. I, I got jello afterwards. <laughs> and uh, he got a much different reception. And uh, then he went to, uh, he, he left there and he went to, the Bible says in verse 31, then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee. And I'm, I'm reading from the New Living Translation to kind of modernize the, the, the story part of this. And he says, and taught there in a synagogue every, every Sabbath day. There too the people were amazed at his teaching for he spoke, uh, for he spoke with, uh, what does it say, for he spoke with power, amen, verse uh, 33, once when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, cried out shouting, verse 34, go away, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. I mean, demons know who they are, who he is, and they also know he has the power to destroy. That's why he said that. Why are you here? Why are you interfering with us? Verse 35, but Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet, come out of the man. He ordered at that the demon threw the man on the floor as the crowd watched and then came out of him without hurting him further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, what authority and power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him, and they flee at his command. The news about Jesus spread through every village and the entire region. That story, that story so encapsulates what I want us to pray about here. Because in verse 34, you see, the, the devil is a, let me, let me finish this before you think it's sacrilegious. The devil's a good devil, but he's not always a smart devil. And what I mean by good devil, I don't mean good in deeds. I mean he's good at his job. He's good at being bad, okay? He's a terrible devil. No, he's not. He's the devil God created, so he must be the best devil there is. I, I don't know what kind of devil you're messing with, but the devils that mess with me, they're pretty good at their job. I never get Ned the third reader come get me. It, it ain't never, you know, Bubba Devil that comes and gets me. It, it's, it's the one that's got his act together. Amen. But one thing that hell does unintentionally is, is every once in a while he'll let the cat out of the bag. He'll let something slip. He'll, he'll, he'll say something, and if you're not careful, you'll miss it. Because he said something right there in verse 34. Go away. Why are you interfering with us? Now, this wouldn't stand out so much if this had happened at a nightclub. Now, it, it, you know, if this was down at Joe's Disco... I don't even know the name of a club, so y'all, back home it was, it was the Electric Cowboy, amen. Whatever the name of your honky-tonk or your club or disco or the joint, whatever, 
It'd be one thing if it happened there. It'd be one thing if it happened down at the market. It'd be one thing if it happened in someone's living room. It'd be one thing if it was in traffic. It'd be one thing if it was in the break room. It'd be one thing if it was in the parking lot of Target. But this devil cried out in the middle of a church service. Why are you messing with us? Why are you interfering with the way things are? Go away and leave us alone. And I'm going to tell you something. The enemy, he wants to keep things just the way they are. Some, see, some people are resistant to change. But all of hell is resistant to change. Not a theory. It's in the Bible. I just read it to you. Amen. I, I said this to our leader. Uh, yesterday we had a just a beautiful gatekeepers kick off to the new year our, for our, our department heads and ministry team. And uh, we talking about what the new theme's going to be and getting ready to, to uh, rebrand our church with our new name and all of that stuff. And uh, I told them, I said, we must be married to the message. But don't marry methods. Methods can change, but the message cannot change. Amen. And I said that to say, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus showed up to teach and preach in the synagogue, and as he began to preach, a demon tipped his hand. He, 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 uh, he showed his cards, so to speak. He revealed his motive and agenda when Jesus started preaching and the demon screamed out, leave us alone. We like things the way they are. Don't mess with what we're doing. Quit interfering with the status quo. And I'm going to tell you what we need to pray against. We need to pray against the spirit of complacency. We need to pray against the spirit of comfort and apathy. And dare I even say laziness. Amen. That, that was the, you know, that was a, the first, if I remember, that was the first demonic encounter, encounter Jesus had. It wasn't, it wasn't in someone who was living uh, a perverse lifestyle. It wasn't somebody that was addicted to alcoholism or drugs. It wasn't a murderer. It wasn't a thief. The first demon he would encounter was a religious demon that said, hey, we like things the way they are. Don't mess with us. You better hear me right now. Be careful. Be careful when God starts moving and shifting things in the church in the spirit of revival that something don't rise up in you and you, and you find an ally in what the enemy wants to resist. And, hey, we like having church the way we have church. We, we like the way things go. Don't change anything up. Just, just keep things the way they are. You better watch out for that because I'm going to tell you the revival that has already began in this church is going to be a revival that will mess with your comfort zone. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you've got a seat, but don't get married to that seat when you come in here and find somebody that's looking for freedom in their life and they take your seat. Don't, don't get too attached to that chair. Amen. And I, I know we got some folks out, you know, the, the flu bugs running around and all that. So we got some folks out and we got some folks still uh, that are traveling and out of town. Amen. So you got some space here this morning. And, 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 but uh, don't, 
don't, don't get happy with that. Don't, don't, be, don't be complacent with that. I like it when I come to church and just pick out a seat anywhere I want to go. Probably not going to happen like that for, long, for, for much longer. Well, I like I like to we sing that song that way, and and how come every time I look up there, it seems like we got new people singing on the platform. I don't know how. Okay, I wish they'd just leave things the way they were. Amen. Got to watch out for that. Got to watch. I get blessed, Lord. There's people uh, doing this and doing that, and I don't really know. That. I wish we could just keep the same old people doing the same old things. Well, here's the problem. Them same old people are doing brand new things. Because as the church grows, we got to bring up more. Amen. It, it happens without fail. I, I spent almost 10 years as a full-time evangelist. And it happened almost without fail that it, on almost every church we had a great revival in, somebody got ticked off because God was doing a new thing. And it, Sister Raleigh, it wasn't a sinner. It wasn't a person that come in that God's changing their life. It, it, it was always brother dignified and sister sanctified. You know who I'm talking about. They got that, they do an incredible statue impersonation during worship when they're mad. Because they don't like it. Somebody's setting their place. Somebody sang the solo to the song they wanted to sing to. They didn't think that person was qualified to be a greeter or an usher. They hadn't been going here long enough. I hope you're not attached to that kind of stuff. I, I want second-time visitors to be greeters. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't say teaching in Sunday school. Amen. I, I'm talking about we've got to watch the, 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 a, a spirit that can come in and say, no, I like things the way they are. Don't stir me up. Quit pushing me to read my Bible through. No, we, we never say it like that. We'd never do that, but our spirit will say that. In our mind, our attitude. Why are we, we always talking about prayer? I mean, prayer revival. Church is open five nights a week for prayer from 6.30 to 7.30. I'm just tired of feeling pressured like I have to be at church and pray. What a novel idea. Christians that pray. See, everybody's a Christian until we get the word involved. All of a sudden, we start applying the word, and all of a sudden, the definition starts. Now, I like being the Christian the way I was. Absent? Non-existent? Being a, a new species called a crino, Christian in name only? A CEO Christian? Christmas, Easter only? Everybody wants to be saved until it comes to the word. Everybody wants to be involved in ministry until it comes to the word. But, but I could do this. We've got to pray and say, Lord, whatever you're shifting and doing, I want to be involved in it. If, if you're going this way, I want to be going that way myself. In every great revival we were privileged to be a part of, there was always someone or a group, a small group of someone somewhere that would resist it and would find something they didn't like about it. And I know what you're probably thinking, well, who's pastor talking about? I'm not talking about anybody right now. I'm, I'm preempting it. 
You know, Grandma used to say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So this is that ounce of prevention. I, I'd see it happen. I mean, and when they couldn't even give the pastor a good reason why they didn't like that, then it would come down. Well, I don't even like the way that guy parts his hair. He preaches too long. He preaches too short. He's too tall. He's too short. He's too fat. He's too skinny. I don't, I don't like his accent. I don't like his truck. I don't, I don't like his shoes. There's always something. And the devil tipped his hand and said, go away. Leave things the way they are. Don't you go through this year the same way you went through last year. You got to pray against the spirit of apathy and complacency that says, well, I did good enough to be saved last year. It's not about being good enough to be saved last year. It's about doing more for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about God doing more. And I don't want to be in the same place that I am right now at the end of this year. I want to be able to point into this audience at the end of this year and say, I was able to teach that one a home Bible study. And I started a connect group in my home. And there's a whole row of people here that attend the connect group in my home that weren't attending a church last year and the only way we can do that is allow God through the Holy Ghost to pull us out of our comfort zone to pull us out don't get locked down don't get married to a position don't get locked down to a job that you're doing right now what you need to do is say Lord Jesus bring in qualified people bless them Lord use them amen I feel the Holy Ghost right now I've been praying this for a while I've been saying God, don't not only send us new babes in Christ, but Lord, send us. You know, I've prayed this, I've said it many times. Lord, send us backsliders that know how to live for you. Send us people that'll move in from other cities and other states to relocate to here. You know, God has already been doing that in both campuses. God has already been sending people who are qualified, who are equipped, and who are ready to serve. You want to know why God's doing that? Because God. God is trying to get us ready for the revival that's going to multiply in this campus. That's going to multiply in our church. Amen. We've been praying for that. God, send them. God, we need more Sunday school teachers. We need more ushers and greeters. We need more musicians and singers. Amen. We, we, we need more maintenance people. We need, you, you say it, the ministry. We need more Bible study teachers. Amen. We need more connect group leaders. We need more prayer warriors. We need new more worshipers. Amen. And, and yes, we're going to reach the lost and bring up new ones. Do you hear me? Amen. But I prayed, God, send us people that would relocate to this area. Amen. Not because they go to a bad church. Not because there's a bad situation happening. But because God divinely by his hand relocated them to this area. Because we need them as we advance forward in the kingdom of God. Because as great as a staff as we have many hands make light work and we need more people to put a hand to the plow and help us go into the harvest field and reap the harvest oh God don't ever let me get complacent God don't let a spirit of apathy get a hold of me in 2022 I want to be a better prayer warrior than I was last year I want to 
to host a connect group where I didn't last year. I want to teach a Bible study where I didn't last year. Oh Lord, don't let something rise up in me and say go away. I'm too busy to teach a Bible study. I don't want to say go away. I'm too busy to host a connect group. I don't want my spirit to say go away. I'm too busy to knock doors. I'm too busy to go on a missions trip. No, I'm going to stand here today and I'm going to push back that spirit of complacency and that spirit of apathy and I'm going to say God he used me. Oh God he used me. Go ahead and lift those hands right now. I want us to pray against that right now. We're not going to let a spirit of apathy, a spirit of, uh, of, of complacency or laziness get into our spirit or in the church in the name of Jesus. Oh, I do feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place. Oh, his spirit is witnessing this right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Take your liberty and pray right now. Amen. You can kneel and pray. You can walk the aisles and pray. You can stand, sit. I just want you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. It may not be for you, but it may be somebody else that's struggling with this. It may be somebody else in this church that's struggling with this right now. Amen. Because the flesh will cry out and it'll say in unison with hell, I'm too busy to be involved. I don't got enough time to be involved. I've already stretched myself thin, but the Holy Ghost is calling you right now saying, no, there's a work that you can do even now. There's something you are being called to even now. Go ahead and pray it. Push back against the spirit of apathy and complacency. Push back against traditionalism and the spirit of religiosity in the name of Jesus. Push it back. In the name of the Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Keep praying. Pray against that mentality that says, well, I paid my dues. It's time for me to coast. Pray against that mentality that says, I've already put in my time. It's somebody else's time. You got to push back against that and say, Lord, I am available. I am available for however you want to use me. I am available for whatever you want to do through me.
That's it. That's it. Pray for renewed passion right now. Pray for renewed joy right now. Pray for renewed strength right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm praying right now, God, that you renew within us the joy of thy salvation. Hallelujah. The joy for the work of the kingdom of God. The joy for the things of God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Let's give him praise for that right now. I feel victory in this house. Hallelujah. Amen. uh, You can be seated. I've said that we're going to pray for this final one. I've said this many times. You know, sometimes we've had these prayer services and they go long and sometimes they're a little brief. Amen. We're moving at a good clip because there's victory in here today. Amen. How many feel victorious right now? Praise God. The third thing I want to, that we're going to pray is something we're going to pray for. Now, we prayed against two things. We have prayed against two things. What was the first thing we prayed against? Fear. And the second thing we prayed against was complacency, apathy, laziness, whatever you want to, something that's synonymous with that. Third thing I want us to pray about is something I want us to pray for. And on uh, Tuesday night, we're going to pick up where we left off and even go further in that as we conclude the prayer revival as it is in service. Amen. Um, Let me tell you what hell fears. There's there's things that hell fears that hell fears. Um, he, he fears a praying church, uh, a, a faithful church, a Bible-reading, Bible-believing church, Bible-preaching church. But I'm going to tell you something that God adores and hell detests. It's a unified church. And today, the last thing we are going to pray, we are going to pray for unity. Amen. We're going to pray for unity. Unity in spirit. Unity in faith. Unity in vision. Unity in harvest. Unity in revival. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3 says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Then you drop down to verse number 13 and it says, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. It started out with unity. Unity, that we would keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. How many know what that means? That word bond there means adhesiveness. Amen. When you bond something together, 
you, you, it's, it comes together and it's bound together. He said that, that in the spirit, uh, they keep the unity in the bond of peace. Amen. We need to have peace with one another. The Bible says uh, that there are seven, uh, six things that God hates. And yea, seven is abomination. You may know what that seventh one is. He that soweth discord among the brethren. God said, there's six things I hate, but there's, a, there's this seventh one. It's an abomination to me. I absolutely detest it. And that's sowing discord among the brethren. Don't you let nobody slip in and start, start sowing discord. Amen? Now, I don't know of anything. I'm just, I, again, we're praying going. This prayer revival now is for the year. I just know how the enemy works. Sometimes, and I thank God. I thank God for this church because we don't have an issue with this. We, I, I'm grateful for that. But I know how the enemy works. He's always looking for room to slip in. And, and sometimes it, it, it don't even sound like discord. It don't even sound like gossip. It sounds like, hey, you know, can you help me pray about this? And then we're gonna, and then we're gonna air out somebody's dirty laundry. Or, or I, I need you to help me pray because this person said this about you, and I'm really. Or did you hear about? Or I don't know if I like this. Or I, you've got to right now determine in your mind that we need unity above all. We have got to come together in the spirit of you. Acts chapter 2, they came together and they were in one accord and in one place. That means they were of the same thought. They were of the same focus. They were of the same agenda. We need to have the same agenda this year. All of us need to have the same agenda this year that Christ be lifted up. The same agenda this year that the kingdom of God is our priority. We want whatever heaven wants on this earth. Amen. And that is to establish the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He said to keep the unity uh, through the bond of peace. Amen. You and God, I can tell you right now, when we're in revival, you don't have time to be fussing, fighting with a brother and sister. Amen. You got to make up in your mind. I'm I'm not going to get sidetracked with that. I'm not going to get sidetracked with that. Amen. Peace. Everybody say peace. 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 Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Uh, Peace is very crucial. Till we all come to verse 13 to the unity of of the faith. And then after he says that, till we come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He said, because when you come to that, you'll henceforth be no more children. In other words, he, he's saying, I want you to mature. I want you to grow up. I want you to live for God in a manner where you're progressing and you're advancing because if you're like a little child, you're going to be tossed about and carried with every wind of doctrine, the sliding of men and the cunning and craftiness whereby they lie and wait and deceive. In other words, if you will get unified with the church, if you'll get unified with your brothers and sisters, amen, the more you unify, the more you're going to grow and the more you grow, the less chance, some kind of fake pre- Preaching, lying, forked tongue, silver tongue, lying 
de- uh, demonic doctrine can't get you and sidetrack you because you've been established. Amen. You've got the spirit of unity. You've got a spirit of peace. Amen. When somebody comes up to you and says that, you say, no, 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 no. I'm already unified. Matter of fact, this prayer of unity, uh, uh, for uh, this, this necessity of unity was so important to Jesus that the last prayer he prayed over the disciples was found in John chapter 17 and verse 21. This is the last prayer he prayed over them. He said that they might, they, they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. How does the how is the world going to know that Jesus Christ is God made manifest in the flesh? It's going to be when we come together as one. When the world sees unity in the church, love in the church, peace in the church, bound by peace in the church, amen, they'll look at that. And Jesus said by this, they will know that I am God and came uh, in, in the flesh, amen. Jesus also said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another, amen. We've got to pray today. We've got to pray today that there would be unity come into the church, that we would be so unified, amen. The Bible said that the men of Israel were knit together as one man when they went into battle. They locked arms and stood shoulder to shoulder and they were knit as one man to where the enemy could not tell where one man started and the other man stopped. That's how unified we need to pray to be going into this year. Amen. Because I'm telling you, the devil ain't done fighting us. Fear isn't done fighting us. The agenda of hell is not done fighting us. And so what the church has got to pray is God unify us. Unify us in the Holy Ghost. Unify us under the banner of the gospel. Oh God, unify us as the in the vision and the mission of this year. I want you to stand one more time right now. We're going to pray for a spirit of unity in the name of Jesus. Tuesday night we're going to pick up on this and we're going to go further in warfare. Amen. As we begin to pray. But you need to pray right now. Not not only for a spirit of unity, but against anything that would break the unity of the church right now. Would you begin to lift your voice and pray? Amen. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Amen. Let's end it on a crescendo of going to war. Amen. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. God, that we might be one. Oh, Lord, that we might be one, Father. Lord Jesus, that we might be one. Hallelujah. Make me aware, oh God, to bear you one another's burdens, God. Make me aware, oh God. Help me to be sensitive to the needs of others, oh God. Help me, oh God, to build up a hedge in love and in peace, oh God, that we would foster an atmosphere of unity, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we come against any spirit right now that would want to bring division among the different departments, that would want to bring division among the saints of the Most High God in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I pray that we would unify together, Lord, under the bloodstained banner of 
of the gospel. I pray we would unify together for Lord. I believe there is nothing that this church cannot do when we come together, when we unify as one. In the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it. Keep on praying it. Lord, help me to be aware this year of the burdens that my sister and my brother is carrying. Help me, oh God, to be aware. I don't want to serve you selfishly this year, but help me be aware of the needs of others to pray for those, to help those that are new, to help those that are being established in their walk with you, Lord. We want to be as one, one family, one people, one church in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. This is why that we prayed first against the spirit of fear because all throughout 20 and 21, the enemy was dividing the church with fear. We got to get unified like never before. It doesn't matter the political affiliations. It doesn't matter the stances or the views on this. It, none of that matters. All that matters uh, is Jesus Christ is king. And there is a church that has to unify together to reach this city. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Connect with somebody one more time and just begin to pray with them in unity. If you, Maybe you feel like you need to step across the building or across the aisle or go to some, just connect with them right now and pray with them in the spirit of unity. In the name of Jesus, Lord, make us one. Make us one, oh God, that we beat with one heart, that we see with one vision, that we hear with one ear, that we speak with one tongue. In the name of in the name of Jesus. God, let the church, God, let the church be the antidote to the chaos of this world. Let the church be the opposite. While this world is about division, while this world is about tearing down and ripping apart, let the church be about bonding. Let it be about mending. Let it be about healing. Thank you for joining this podcast. We pray it was a blessing to you and we're so grateful that you could join us today. We want to stay connected with you, so please subscribe in your podcast player and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook at GP Woodland or on our website at gpwoodland.com or on YouTube with Grace Point Pentecostal Church. Let's stay connected and we will see you next time.